Welcome to Victory Today. I am so glad that you've joined us because we're going to learn some great things today that really will help you to walk in victory on a daily basis. So if you haven't subscribed yet, I'd really encourage you to do that. That way you'll never miss an episode and you'll continue to grow with us as a community of believers. Also, if these podcasts are a blessing to you, can I encourage you, tell other people about them. You know, as I get around and minister to the body of Christ, I'm aware that in this season, so many believers today are just struggling along, you know, one week to the next. In many cases, they are just as sick and broke and defeated as their unsaved neighbors. And friend, that really shouldn't be. So the way I see it, if you and I can get them listening to faith-building messages like this, and they start getting their mind renewed to the truth, they start understanding who they are in Jesus and the victory he's won for them, and they learn how to walk in that, the kind of stuff that we're learning here, not only are they going to get blessed personally, but they're going to be a much greater witness to the world around about them, right? So please let people know about Victory Today. Encourage them to subscribe. And let's get the word out that in him we have been blessed in our spirit, our soul, and our body. I'll talk a whole lot more about that in the days to come. But friend, think about it. If you are blessed in your spirit and you're blessed in your body, and you're blessed in your soul, your mind, your emotions, your will. That's pretty phenomenal, right? But so many people, as I've gotten around and talked to them, so many people in the body of Christ, they just don't know that, that they really don't know what Jesus has achieved for them on the cross. It's like they're living in, in a partial salvation. Now, they're, yes, they're saved and they're going to heaven, but they really don't understand all the wonders of what he achieved for them on the cross. And we're going to cover that in great detail as we go into these podcasts. And so last time we talked about the importance of upgrading our expectations and if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it because we looked at a very familiar passage of scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And we talked about the fact that we don't have to be afraid of failure. We don't have to dread the future and lie awake at night worrying about our finances or our health or where things are going in society. Well, why not? Well, because God has a better plan for us. Amen. According to the word of God, his plan is for blessing. It's for peace. It's for success. And it's for an expected end. And if we will just cooperate with him, we can enjoy that kind of future rather than falling to pieces. And I know that when I say that today, some of you are like, yeah, but Andrew, you got no idea what I'm up against right now. You talk about victory, but right now it is just one challenge after another. I'm just struggling through to get, get to the end of each day, right? Well, listen, listen, that may be where you are right now. But praise God, friend, you don't have to stay there. Amen. I'm assuming that the reason that you are listening to a podcast called Victory Today is because you are fed up with where things are at right now and you want to see them turn around, right? 
Well, you're absolutely on the right track because, friend, nothing is ever going to change in your life until you become dissatisfied with where you're at and you make a commitment to do something about it. So please don't for a moment think that I'm making light of your situation, but I'm pretty sure that whatever you're facing right now, is minor in comparison to what the people who first heard Jeremiah 29.11 were enduring. And that is because this passage, friend, was written to a bunch of people who, honestly, they were facing the most awful situations and circumstances imaginable. You know, we just read the word of God and I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, it's this and that. And we just think the people that received that word were sitting around, you know, just having a wonderful time of prosperity. But no, no, nothing could be further from the truth. You see, in 589 BC, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, invaded Jerusalem and he began a siege against King Zedekiah of Judah. That siege lasted, the Bible tells us, for more than a year until eventually the food supply ran out and the people were reduced to cannibalism. I mean, it was just such an awful situation. The people were so hungry, some of them chose to eat their own children rather than starving to death. That, that's how bad it was. Well, eventually, the Babylonians broke through the walls, they pillaged and razed the city to the ground, and those who weren't murdered in the streets were forced into slavery in Babylon. So let's understand today that Jeremiah 29 was not written to a bunch of people who were living the high life, okay? God didn't prophesy this during a time of prosperity and peace. No, no, he declared this to a disposed people. They were languishing in slavery. They were miles from home. They had no hope of return. I mean, everything in their life at this point was bad. And yet, in the midst of that terrible, terrible oppression, that situation they were in, God says this. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans for peace and not disaster. Plans to give you a future filled with hope. And friend, I want to encourage you today, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. His, his thoughts, his plans for you are exactly the same. What are they? They're for peace, prosperity, success, a positive future, an expected end. And so if that is the case, and it is, let's agree then, well, it's obviously not God's will for you to be sick. It's not God's will for you to be broken, struggling. It's not God's will for you to be oppressed and depressed and down. And some of you right now, even when I say that, you're like, well, so if it's not God's will for me to be going through any of those things, sick and broken in lack and down and depressed and oppressed and worrying and afraid, if it's not God's will for me, why am I in this situation? Well, the very next verse explains that. When God says in verse 12, then you will call upon me and pray and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Did you catch that? God says you're going to find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. 
You know, friend, that is a very, very important verse to understand. And if we just read Jeremiah 29, 11, without going on to the next verse, we miss this. See, in verse 11, God is expressing his will for our lives. But in verse 12, he explains that we have a role, we have a responsibility in receiving it. Basically, what he's saying here is this. He's saying, my plans for you are good. They're better than you could possibly ask or think. I know that it looks bad right now. I know that in the natural, it seems hopeless. But friend, I haven't forgotten you. I have you on my mind. And I want you to know, God says, that the future I have for you is filled with success, peace, joy. But in order to enjoy it, there's something you have to do. You have to seek me with all of your heart. You have to live for me. You can't have one foot in the world and another foot in faith and not expect to be polluted by that. You can't expect to be messing around on the side and opening yourself up to the attacks of the enemy and then enjoy a life of peace and prosperity. No, no. If you want the life that I have for you, God says, it's going to require that you seek me with all of your heart. But the good news is that if you will seek me, you'll find me. If you'll knock The door will be opened unto you. If you'll ask, he says, it shall be given to you. But friends, please don't miss this today. If you don't seek and you don't knock and you don't ask, can you see that it's not God that's withholding all of those blessings from you that he just promised? No, no, he he pronounced them. Amen. In verse 11, he declared them. He prophesied them thousands of years before you were even born. And God always, always keeps his word. So let's understand today, God has done his part. We really need to get this. Everything that you and I need, friend, for life and godliness, the Bible says, has already, past tense, been provided. Everything we need, it's already been provided. But now we have the responsibility of acting on his word and being doers of the word, not just hearers only. So if you just remember one key thought from this message today, I want you to remember this. You are responsible for acting on God's word. Amen. You, you are responsible. Not your pastor, not your spouse, not your friend. You are responsible for acting on the word of God, for using your faith and responding, acting on the word of God. And nobody else can do that for you. Oh man, this is just so incredibly important. And yet people today refuse to accept this. They will try anything and everything to get somebody else to do it for them. But I'm here to tell you, only you can apply your faith to the word of God and receive what God in his grace has so richly provided. God's provided it, but only you can apply your faith to the word of God and receive what it is that he's promised. Now, I know, having been preaching for 35 years, You know, Megan and I have been blessed to plant and lead churches for over 20 years. Now we have a teaching ministry, but man, we've ministered to 
tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people. And I know that when I talk about personal responsibility, it is not a popular message. I know that people want to put blame on everybody else, including God, for why things happen and why things don't happen. But friend, I want to suggest to you today that 95% of the issues and the problems in our lives could have been avoided if we simply chose to act on the word rather than ignore it. Now, we do live in a fallen world. We do have a spiritual enemy who the Bible says is all the time wandering around seeking whom he may devour. He can't just devour anyone, but there are some that he may devour. And and so we do have an enemy. We do live in a fallen world. We cannot also control the actions of other people, but we can take responsibility for our own lives. Amen? We can take responsibility for how we respond. We can take authority over things that come our way. We can stand firm. We can refuse to be moved. We can renew our mind to the truth of God's word. We can access the weapons of our warfare. We can be led by the spirit of God. We can resist the enemy. And the Bible says when we do that, he must flee. Now, we'll go into detail about all of those things in later broadcasts, but I want you to see today that, friend, nobody can take responsibility for the direction of your life but you. I can't, and God won't. He won't. He loves you, friend, but he did not create a robot. He gave you a free will. What does that mean? It means you can obey him, you can seek him, you can choose to live for him and enjoy the blessings that are attached to that, or you can reject all of that and open your life up to the enemy who will come, the Bible says, and steal, kill, and destroy everything that is sacred to God, every chance that he gets, that's what he'll do. Now, that is your choice. That's not up to God. It's up to you. It's your choice choice, life or death, blessings or curses, God says, you choose. I'm saying today, friend, you are responsible. And the sooner you accept that and stop waiting for God to zap you from heaven, the more victories you're going to enjoy. God is not withholding, but his blessings don't just fall out of the sky onto our heads. That is not the way that it works. If you're not sure about that, listen to Psalm 84 and verse 11 from the Amplified Bible. Psalm 84 and verse 11, it says, The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows present grace and favor and future glory, honor, splendor, and heavenly bliss. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You can't get it any clearer than that, friend. No good thing will he withhold, it says, from those who walk uprightly. So let's understand today, God is not our enemy. God's not mad at us. He's not withholding from us. He's not disappointed with us. It's quite the contrary. Read the word of God. You'll discover he loves you. 
more than you will ever, ever know. There is literally nothing, no good thing, the Bible says, will he withhold from you. It says it right there. No good thing will he withhold from those that go to church. Is that what it says? No, no. No good thing will he withhold from those who read their Bible for an hour a day. No, no, that's not what it says. No good thing will he withhold from those who live, present continuous tense, uprightly. No good thing will he withhold from those who live right, who live according to his word, who are righteous. He's not going to withhold, the Bible says, anything good from those who are righteous. But it gets better, friend, because some of you listening to me now are like, well, yeah, I'm trying, Andrew. I'm trying to be right. I'm trying to live righteously. Listen, i got good news for you. You don't need to try and be righteous. Because of Jesus, you've been made righteous. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, listen to it. It says, for he, talking of God, made him Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. Why? So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that awesome? That means you qualify. It means you qualify for every good thing according to his riches in glory. Because of Jesus, you qualify. I'm saying today that God is never, ever, ever going to withhold his blessings from you. But nor is he going to force those blessings on you. No, no, it's your responsibility to find out what you're entitled to, what Jesus has purchased on your behalf, and what you need to do to receive by faith all the blessings that grace has provided. And friend, once you accept that responsibility, the rest of the Christian life is learning to do exactly that, to receive by faith what God in his grace has so richly provided. So, Right now, wherever you are and whatever is going on in your life, can I encourage you, just take a moment and thank him. Thank him today that he's a good, good God. Thank him that he only wants good things for your future. And then what I want you to do, if you're receiving this message, is I want you to tell him that, yes, you're going to be a doer of the word, that you're going to take responsibility for finding out what grace has made available, and you're going to learn to receive that by faith. If you've been mad at God for holding out on you in some area, right now, just tell him you're sorry for thinking that way. And from now on, you're going to be open to receiving all that he has for you in Jesus' mighty name. Hey, listen, I trust that this simple message has been a blessing to you today. If it has, please share it with someone in your world. And if you'd like to know more about activating your faith, you can find out all about us at newbulbministries.com. If you go to newbulbministries.com, you'll find audio and video teaching series. There are books there that I've written that will help you to walk in victory. You'll find out about our missional project in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, that's educating 100 street kids and impacting their families for the kingdom. You'll find out how you can partner with us in seeing more lives set free. But that's all over at our website, newboldministries.com. So God bless. I trust that that word encouraged you today, and I'll talk to you again real soon.